good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and good morning and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Wednesday, the 14th of September, 2022. Delighted you've been able to tune back into the show. Don't forget to like this video and do subscribe if you're enjoying the content. And we're going to jump into the first story of the day. Supreme Court orders rehabilitation of Maya Bay using funds from the Beach Film Production. The Environmental Cases Division of Thailand's Supreme Court has upheld the acquittal of former Agricultural Minister Pongpol Adrakasarn, the Royal Forest Department and its former Director General Plok Prasit Surasawadi on charges of violating the National Park Act by allowing the use of Maya Bay and Beach on the island of Pipi Island of Krabi Province as the location for the shooting of the film The Beach in 1999. The court did, however, order the Royal Forest Department to undertake sustainable rehabilitation of Maya Bay and the island on which it is located. Regarding 20th Century Fox and Santa International Film Productions, which were responsible for changing the landscape of the beach for the shooting of the film, the Supreme Court upheld the compromise agreement signed in 2018 by the two companies and the plaintiffs under which the former agreed to provide 10 million baht for the rehabilitation of the landscape of Maya Bay to be undertaken by the Royal Forest Department and for the department to report the progress of its works once every year for three years. The case dates back to 1999 when the mayors of the Krabi Provincial Administration Organization, Aonang Tamban Administration Organization and 17 local environmentalists filed a lawsuit with the civil court against the Agricultural Ministry, the Forest Department Director General and 20th Century Fox and Santa International Film Production for allegedly ruining the landscape and the environment of Maya Bay during the shooting of the film The Beach. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, the movie is about a backpacker who visits Thailand in search of a paradise island. The plaintiffs asked the court to suspend the shooting of the film and demanded 100 million baht in compensation for the rehabilitation of the landscape and ecological system on the island. They accused the companies of moving in heavy equipment to alter the landscape of the beach and replaced many indigenous plants with coconut trees to create a setting that met the plot of the movie. The civil court accepted the case in 2012 and it dragged on through three courts until the final verdict of the Supreme Court was read yesterday. And moving along with a couple of shorter stories. The Constitutional Court are to meet Wednesday, which is today, to consider Priot's tenure case. Constitutional Court judges are expected to meet today to begin deliberating on whether suspended Prime Minister Priot Chanacha has exceeded his term limit. The court has received statements from Priot and two former members of the 2017 Constitution Drafting Committee, ex-chairman Michai Ruchapan and ex-secretary Pakorn Nilprapun. However, Wednesday's meeting was scheduled one day after it received the minutes of the CDC's 501st meeting held on September 11, 2018. The court demanded to see the minutes after Michai wrote in his statement that views he expressed during the 500th meeting had been misrepresented by those arguing that Pryde's term ended on August 24th. 
In a statement, Mi Chai said Priot's eight-year term as Premier should be counted from April 6, 2017, when the current constitution was enacted. On Wednesday, the court is expected to announce that it has enough evidence to make a decision on Priot's tenure within the next 15 days, the timeline for a ruling in such cases. The case stems from a petition lodged by the opposition which asked the court to rule on whether Priot's eight-year term ended on August 24th. So yes, looks like now we are going to see maybe some decision on this coming out in the next couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see how it how they rule. Personally, I think they're going to rule in Pryde's favour, giving him another probably four years, five years in power. That's if he gets elected in the next election, of course, too. And there's a lot of rumblings going on about parties and deals being done behind, you know, closed doors between uh, Putai and uh, the ruling government. Uh, party and actually trying to get Taksin to return to Thailand. So there's all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes. We'll talk about that in another show. And then a little bit uh, other news that's quite interesting is the Thai cabinet has uh, approved new minimum wages and that'll be effective from October 1st. The Thai cabinet approved the new minimum wage rate today as proposed by the Tri-Party Wage Committee to become effective from October 1st. The last time the minimum wage was adjusted was in early 2020. The new minimum wage is divided into nine rates, with the maximum set at 354 baht per day and the minimum set at 328 in accordance with the cost of living in each province. Now, the new uh, minimum wage is kind of as follows. So 354 baht, that's the highest tier. Um, you can earn that in Chambori, Rayong and in Phuket. Then 353 baht in Bangkok, Nantaburi, and uh, other prop places like Nakhon, Patom, Patom Thani, Samut Prakan, and Samut Sakhon. Uh, if you go down to the likes of um, uh, Chiang Mai, it's 340 baht, and that would be the same for Surat Thani as well. Uh, 338 baht in the likes of uh, Sa- uh, Muktahan. 335 baht in uh, provinces such as Surin, uh, Royet Loy, Patalung, Ang Tong, Sakao, Buriam, and Pechaburi. 332 baht in uh, like the provinces like Trang, Lampang, Nakansi, Tamara, and places like that. And uh, the provinces then where, you know, you have a lot of tourism other than Bangkok and uh, Chambori, especially, would be Panya and Krabi, and they're at the 335 baht. It will affect some businesses. It'll be interesting to see what the reaction is from employers. To me, it's not very much increase at all. But it's kind of strange that they have different minimum wages for different provinces rather than having just a blanket minimum wage for the whole country. To me, it seems a bit silly. And I'm not quite sure. I mean, they talk about the cost of living in different provinces. But you know what? Give everybody a decent minimum basic wage and everybody, you know, can prosper at least. You know, 354 baht here, 328 in another place. Just give everybody the 354. I still think for a day's work, it's a shockingly low amount. But uh, hopefully things will improve along the way. Of course, the cost of living in Thailand has increased drastically, and we're about to see electricity prices increase in the next couple of months as well. So whatever they're getting now is really going to be going towards paying bills, and that's rather kind of unfortunate, really. And next up, and moving on to a story that I thought had kind of gone out of the news, but it seems to be creeping back into not just the news here in Thailand, but also abroad. And I've noticed various news media in other countries now in Europe are starting to talk about this. But uh, COVID seems to be on the cre- increase in uh, Europe at the moment. And yes, the highly contagious third generation COVID has arrived in Thailand. 
The Center for Medical Genomics at uh, Ramatipadi Hospital has reported confirmation of a case of a highly contagious third generation of COVID-19. A posting on uh, the center's Facebook account identified the virus as BA 2.75.2, a subvariant of the Omicron variant, and advised of the need to prepare for a possible new wave of Omicron infections. The center said that according to the Indian SARS-CoV-2 Genomics uh, Consortium, India's Genome Sequencing Agency, BA 2.75.2 evolved from BA 2.75, which started to spread in India in May and showed the most mutations when compared with other COVID-19 strains in India. BA 2.75 kept mutating and one of mutating and one of the mutations was the BA 2.75.2. Ramatipadi Hospital Center quoted an immunological expert at Peking University as saying that the BA 2.5.2 was the strain most capable of avoiding antibodies and could be the super contagious Omicron subvariant. BA 2.75 was the second generation of COVID-19 and had 95 to 100 mutations compared with the original Wuhan strain. Its relative growth advantage was about 37% compared with other strains in India. The third generation was 95 with 95 to 100 mutations compared with Wuhan, but its relative growth advantage was 248% compared with BA 2.75 in India. It was first detected in India and has spread to Chile, England, Singapore, Spain, Germany and Thailand, the Centre for Medical Genomics said. BA 2.75.2 had a relative growth advantage of 90% compared with BA 5 and 148 compared to BA 4, which was dominant which were the dominant subvariants globally, it said. The centre said it found one case of 2.75.2 reported from Thailand to, dat- to the database of the Global Initiative of Sharing Aviation Influenza Data, and that's the GSAID. It recommended that the treatment should be designed specifically for different strains of the virus because different kinds of vaccines, antivirals, and, sy- and synthetic antibodies had different effects on different strains. Now, as I said, there has been an uptick in talk about COVID on news media. Now, I'm not quite sure, is it because there's an increase around the world? Uh, is it because we're coming into winter and they want people to get vaccinated? It's hard to know, really, at the end of this day. An interesting comment, or point I saw mentioned was, I don't know, a lot of you still know that China still is locking down cities. It's still following this uh, zero COVID idea. And it seems to have no end in sight in relation to it. A lot of people have said this is absolute craziness what's going on in China. And I agree, it is craziness when you see the rest of the world has very much gotten back to a certain amount of normality. But the point that somebody made that I thought was interesting is, why do China continue to do this? Is it because that, you know, the president has basically pitched his whole political career on this, that we stamp out COVID? Or do they know something about COVID that we don't know here? I mean, a lot of people say it may have come from a lab there. Do they know something about it, that they continue this policy when the rest of the world is on a completely different policy? I'm not quite sure, but I'd love to know what you guys think. You know, Do you think we are going to see an uptick in COVID this winter? Do you think we could possibly see some kind of, you know, rolling lockdowns, you know, if things get out of control. People have, it has become a topic recently in terms of, you know, a worry that we've all become so complacent that we believe it doesn't exist anymore and we've gotten on with our lives, which I think has been right. But behind the scenes, have things been getting worse? As always, guys, your opinion down below, whether you agree or disagree, is always welcome. 
So as many people will know, uh, Thailand introduced a host of new traffic laws over the past couple of weeks. And uh, what we wanted to do today was to kind of go through them for people who are coming to Thailand and for expats that are here who possibly don't understand them. So we'll call this kind of a guide to Thailand's new rules of the road. The transition to new traffic laws, which list more types of offences and harsher penalties for offenders, has already begun. And here's what you need to know, guys. So firstly, there's a three-month grace period. Although the new traffic laws took effect on September 5th, police have decided to be lenient for the first three months to give Thais time to adjust themselves or improve their road behavior. We will fine traffic offenders based on the rates used since 2020 for the first three months, said the police general Precha Charan Sanawat, deputy director of the Royal Thai Police Traffic Management Centre. We will also promote public awareness of the new laws during this period, he added. For example, instead of slapping a speeding driver with the new 4,000 baht maximum fine, traffic police will issue fines of 500 baht during the grace period. Now, jumping a red light or failing to stop for pedestrians at a zebra crossing carries a maximum fine of 4,000 baht under the new laws, up from the 1,000 baht. Driving against traffic, they call that ghost riding I think, and not wearing a crash helmet or safety belt, meanwhile, come with a maximum fine of 2,000 baht, a fourfold increase from 500 baht. Those found guilty of driving without care for the safety or lives of others face a fine of 5,000 baht and 20,000 baht and or a maximum of one year in jail. The penalties are raised from a maximum three-month sentence and a fine of 2,000 to 10,000 baht. Now, drunk driving is punished especially harshly under the new laws. Convicted drunk drivers face a fine up to 20,000 baht and or jail term of up to one year. If they repeat the same offence in the two years after their first offence, the resulting fine will come with a mandatory jail term. The fine can be as high as 100,000 baht and the jail term as long as two years. As for double punishments against repeat offenders, we will recognise the first offence from September 5th this year onwards, Precha explained. Now there's some new types of offences as well that we need to talk about. The new traffic law also lists more types of offences. In the past, passengers in rear seats did not have to wear safety belts. But under the new law, failure to do so is punishable by a maximum fine of 2,000 baht. Also, preparing to road race is now an offence. Gathering on a public road with at least five illegally modified cars or in preparation for a road rake, race carries a penalty of up to three months in jail and or a fine ranging from five to 10,000 baht. Garages caught modifying vehicles for road racing will be considered accomplices. They will receive two thirds of the penalty for road racing, which is punishable by up to three months in jail and a fine of up to five to 10,000 baht. Now, Car seats, which has been in the news a lot, are not mandatory yet. Thailand had decided to not enforce a child car seat rule yet, as authorities still need time to draw up guidelines on what can be used to protect young passengers if car seats cannot be installed. The car seat rule is expected to come into force later this year. Now, there's a next part is a pay fine or go to court. At present, motorists may challenge traffic police tickets via sub-district courts. However, the process is quite complicated. Police Major General Eckerat, who helped to draft the traffic bill, said the process would be simplified once the bill was enacted. The draft law had already been given a green light by the Cabinet and is being reviewed by the Council of State, the government legal experts. The bill stipulates that a traffic police officer who loses in a court challenge will face disciplinary action. This way, traffic policemen will be more cautious about issuing tickets, Eckerat said.
This year, road accidents have so far killed 10,186 people and injured 640,680 people. Most accidents involved were motorcycles and most of the victims were riders of motorbikes. So they are going out after drivers on the road, trying to change behavior from fines. But I think it needs to start a lot you know, before we get to the fines and all that. It needs to start with proper driver education on the roads, proper tests. I mean, has anybody ever gone for a test here? You know, some of the tests seem rather silly, you know, put your foot down on the pedal and stop it when it goes red, you know, for the light. I mean, if you've ever seen it, it kind of, you know, you're like, what? You know, stuff like this. I think what needs to be a lot, I guess, tougher is the driving test itself. Firstly, the written test. You know, the questions need to be changing all the time, not this thing where the questions are people nearly know the answers before they go in. And then the actual test itself, when you go out in the car, not some little rinkety-dink circle or circuit where you go around. You need to be out on the real road with somebody judging what you're doing and marking you harshly and deciding if you are competent to drive a car or a motorbike. You know, when I did my test many moons ago, I passed it when I think it was 18, but nevertheless, the uh, driving instructor asked me at the end of it, how many hours would he, would I guess that I've driven in my lifetime? And I said, maybe a couple of hundred. And he said, really, that's not enough. To be competent on the road, you need many, many hours on the road, but you also need many hours learning to drive, studying, you know, and becoming familiar with how to drive. At the end of the day, a car, a motorbike is a deadly weapon in the hands of a buffoon. Every day that I drive here in Thailand, the stuff that I see in the roads, I mean, you could make a you could make a daily TV show out of it. Maybe I'll just start fitting a camera in the front of my car. I mean, some of the stuff is just mind-boggling, you know? And there definitely needs to be an improvement on the roads here. And they're talking about, oh, dangerous driving, you're going to be a fine. I have never seen in my time here in Thailand anyone ever pulled over by a police car for dangerous driving. Never, ever. The most you see in the roads here is possibly a guy a copper, traffic police, standing at a traffic light section, changing the colours of the traffic light from red to green and back again. That's about it. I have seen on occasion the highway police out with their speed cameras, but it's very, very irregular. It doesn't happen that often. So things like that, you know, need a lot more uh, improvement. I remember not so long ago, I, I got a ticket for apparently breaking a red light and I paid the fine because it was only 500 baht. And the bottom line is, I don't believe I broke the red line. But the place where I got fined is what really bothered me more than anything. Now, if anybody's familiar in Phuket, there's an area down near, um, the best place to describe is after the Heroines Monument. Keep driving down, you come to a very Muslim area and there's a big traffic-like section here. And I, that's where I got caught. Now, I didn't mind paying the 500. Maybe I wasn't wrong. I don't know. You know, sometimes you follow the traffic and, you know, that's, it, it does happen. But this junction in particular, there's days where you can be sitting there to go through and there's literally motorbikes driving the opposite way across the intersection in a cross shape. But yet they get away with it. There's never a fine for any of them. And and obviously they have cameras there because they're catching people like myself and other drivers who I know who've been caught, you know, but it seems the only the car that gets the ticket. The motorbike drivers and the poor driving behavior on their behalf is never punished. So things do need to change. But of course, in this particular intersection, there's always police there and they allow it to happen. So I, I guess it's just the way things are at the moment. It'll obviously take time 
you know, for the driving behavior on the roads to change, but it has to start somewhere. I don't believe fines like this are going to be the exact answer to everything. I think it will take more than that. And I said driver education at the beginning has to be, you know, the core to this whole project. Of course, the only way to know if things get better is if the deaths on the road fall. We'll see if that happens or not. They do like to pay a lot of attention to busy holiday periods, you know, like Songkran and Christmas. They say, oh, the seven days of danger. And every policeman's out in the road pulling people over and, oh, yeah, they're very proud that only a few people died or there's a few people accidents or there was a few accidents. My whole issue is why don't you do that every day of the year and, and make it safer? Now, in relation to driving here in Thailand, especially for tourists, who rent motorbikes. There's a bit of an issue. I saw on Facebook a guy was talking about how he went and he got his international driving license and then he was pulled over by a policeman and he was given a ticket. Well, the reason he was given a ticket because he had his international driver's license and his home driver's license and the reason he was given a ticket because he was on a motorbike was because his interna- his home driving license is not for a motorbike and hence your international driving license then is not for a motorbike and you shouldn't be on a motorbike because you don't have a license for it. And that's one of the things that a lot of people get caught by here is thinking, oh, we just get the international driving license then we can drive. You have to have a motorbike license to be able to drive here in Thailand. And that's something that should be stressed to people. To be honest, it's a lot safer in this country to drive in a car. And if you're a tourist coming here and you're going to be here for a while, I nearly say don't rent a bike, rent a car, it's much safer. But with all that, guys, I'd love to know what you think about it. And I'd love to know your final thoughts on driving here, your experiences, um, what what you've come across on the road, whether or not you've the craziest things you have. And yeah, we'll leave it here at that for today. Once again, guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you during the week. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.